Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Always Drive podcast, your mostly weekly look at the latest news from the car, truck, and motorcycle industries, where we take everything but ourselves seriously. I'm your host, Devlin Riggs, and I am officially back from the vacation-induced hiatus uh, just in time for the holiday season when everyone is spending time with their family and mostly not thinking about cars or listening to podcasts. But if you need to escape the in-laws for a while, which of course is something I know absolutely nothing about and is not at all while I'm why I'm willing to record an episode on a national holiday while family's in town, I am happy to bring you all the automotive news from the past couple weeks that we missed while we were on break. Uh, in terms of the usual fire hose of information, the past couple of weeks have been pretty tame, but nevertheless, we still have a full tank's worth of stories to get through this week, and since it's Thanksgiving, I thought we'd make this episode a little special and share what I'm thankful for this holiday. So join me in my library, where you'll find many leather-bound books resting on dusty shelves, and my wing-back recliner has been inched ever closer to the fireplace, because... This is the first always drive full tanks giving. I'll just uh, light the fire here quickly and <laughs> I, I guess soaking those uh, logs in kerosene was pretty effective if slightly idiotic. I'll just uh, put on some classic records here to set the tone and uh, we'll get started. La 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 cha 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 Uh, I I think I uh, picked up the wrong record here. Let me just try that one more time. Yeah, that's a lot more like it. I'll just turn it down a little bit here. All right. Uh, The first thing I'm thankful for this year is traveling. I've gotten to do a lot of it this year, uh, traveling to you know, places as tame as Topeka, Kansas, and uh, uh, rural Ontario to Hawaii and Amsterdam and other places throughout the Netherlands. And it's always really fun to see how people travel in other countries. And uh, one thing I found particularly odd about Amsterdam was that there were Dodge Rams everywhere. And I mean... You know that the Ford F-150 is the world's best-selling vehicle, not just not car, not truck, just the vehicle. It's the best-selling vehicle, four-wheeled vehicle. You wouldn't know it by going to Amsterdam because Dodge Ram is beating the tail off the F-150 there. And I also saw a bunch of Land Rover Defenders, which are really cool. I don't really see that many of them here in the Midwest, um, but they're super popular over in Europe. Um, I also got to see a self-driving Prius, which is the first actual self-driving car I've ever seen. I took a picture of it um, with the whole LiDAR display spinning on the top, and there was somebody sitting in the passenger seat. It, it was apparently a taxi just being used throughout Amsterdam, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I also saw something I've never seen anywhere else, which was uh, my exact motorcycle. Um, I've never seen it in the States, and of course I go over to Amsterdam, and there it is sitting right along a canal. Um, I also love, uh, I'm thankful for not being in Brazil. 
where Lewis Hamilton's Formula One team was robbed at gunpoint. Um, I had the opportunity to travel to Brazil a couple years ago, and I didn't take it. And uh, judging by the uh, the sewer water that uh, sort of plagued the Olympics and several other things, I'm not sure it's high on my list of places to go. Uh, I'm also thankful for not being in Las Vegas, where a newly unveiled autonomous vehicle shuttle got in a wreck on its very first trip. So clearly the tech there has a long way to go. Um, but I am thankful for America because, you know, as nice it is, as it is to travel different places throughout the world and see how other people live, um, I, and I really enjoy taking the train around uh, the Netherlands to different towns. It was just really easy to get around and not have to worry about parking. Uh, I really prefer it for commuting from place to place because you can just do other things while you're on this boring journey to get to where you want to go. But the roads here in America are so much more free and less congested with people or bicycles or scooters or these silly little mini micro cars that for some reason are allowed in the bike lanes over there. I, I, I don't understand it. You know, there were certain intersections where as a pedestrian you'd have to cross a bike lane and then one way of traffic and then a tram lane and then the other way of traffic and then another bike lane just before you could get to the sidewalk on the other side of the damn street. And here, like, we just have cars, and we can just go. And, you know, as corny as that sounds, I, I really do appreciate America for just being a little more simple in that regard. And, you know, as a, as a person who enjoys driving, this is the culture that, you know, embraces it the best. So, you know, why would you want to go anywhere else other than to see how much better you have it here, right? Uh, other things I'm thankful for, uh, I'm thankful for Tesla, um, mostly because of the theater around it. Uh, I mean, if you, if you were to tell people back in, uh, you know, like the times when the West was being settled that, um, you know, those, uh, snake oil salesmen who come around and promise a, a bag of goods only to under deliver or to, to sell something that's not very effective. It, it feels like that spirit is very much alive in Elon Musk, who is sort of the tech community's snake oil salesman, because he consistently overpromises with what he's able to deliver and under delivers when it comes to actually backing up your promises. And it's just become hard to take him at his word anymore. And, and we're, I mean, we're finding out a lot of different things like Tesla's burning through $8,000 every minute they're working. The company's never made a profit. Uh, they recently fired 400 people, which they claim was uh, performance related, but from other people's sound of the, or side of the story, it sounds an awful lot like they were trying to prevent unionization, which of course is illegal. Um, we also learned that their battery engineering uh, head left the company earlier this month, and uh, a couple weeks ago during an earnings call, Elon yelled shame at a bunch of journalists uh, because they, and I guess we, if I also qualify as a journalist, had the audacity to report the news the way it is rather than the way the world works in his own little twisted version of reality that he uses to 
suggests the ridiculous production schedules that his company is never able to meet. Um, Ex-General Motors uh, executive Bob Lutz speculated recently that Tesla is going to actually fail and that everyone who's invested in it is going to lose their money. And, you know, if you paid attention to the actual finances where they're not making a profit and they're spending a lot of money, it doesn't really make any sense why they would still be in business or why people would be giving them their money. But then you go and do things like the semi uh, unveiling where they roll the roadster out of the trailer of the semi and the story's just completely changed. It's like Elon Musk is the magician and this whole thing is his show and you've got this like really huge batch of just shitty news about how the poorly the company is doing. But hey, look over here. Here's something shiny and new that has a 400 mile range, takes 30 minutes to charge and despite being a multiple ton semi truck will do zero to 60 in five seconds order today and you'll get one in two years um it's got a safety focus and glass that will withstand a nuclear explosion because that's totally possible to test you know uh their semi trucks also have the latest autopilot system and while a recent survey of uh, truck drivers in the united kingdom says they don't really care about the truck's design or performance figures and that they care more about comfort, it doesn't really matter what the drivers say because these things are all going to be autonomous within the very near future anyway. But then comes the Roadster as like the ultimate cherry on top of the Sunday with its 640 or 620 mile range and zero to 60 in less than two seconds, which seems ridiculous. But I mean, there are cars that do that. They're just, you know, featherweight rally cars that are meant for racing um he also says it'll charge uh in 15 minutes and retail for 200 grand which i mean is fine if you have 200 grand and are in a crunch for time but all of these things they they serve as as a, a form of misdirection which is great from a pr perspective because we're we're you know having these images of a, an electronic clean future of transportation of goods and of fun sports cars when we need to be focusing on the fact that they're not even able to deliver that the the cars that they've been talking about for for four or five years and you know that we they unveiled a pickup truck concept and it's based on the semi and this pickup truck's so big it could carry another pickup in its bed and just like who is this for it, you know, you're distracting everyone with the, this hyperbole and these ridiculous claims that you're never going to be able to meet. Like, what, what freaking truck glass is nuclear explosion proof? And, like, what, what kind of nuke are you using that can't destroy glass? I mean, it all distracts from the delays, the production problems, the overpromising. And let's not forget, we've been promised a Model Y compact crossover for a while that's going to be based on Model 3 but they can't even continue to produce the Model 3. So I, I'm, I'm thankful for Tesla because they're innovative, but I'm also thankful that there are journalists out there who continue to see through the bullshit and acknowledge that it's not all rosy. And, and you know, we need people like that continuing to get yelled shame at them because they're telling the truth. And I'm also thankful for Chevy, who 
produce the Bolt, an affordable, practical electric vehicle from a company that's able to keep their promises and also able to make money. Hell, they said that the Bolt wouldn't be available nationwide until next year, and it's already nationwide. They over-delivered on an under-promise. And it's just amazing that people are still waiting in line for a Model 3 when you can go out and buy a Bolt. Um, I'm also thankful for Chevy's Corvette ZR1, a 750-horsepower monster that's the most powerful production Corvette ever. Because if we're going to have internal combustion vehicles for a while longer, why not supercharge the hell out of them and make them really awesome to drive? Uh, I'm thankful for Uber, because uh, what else would I talk about for <laughs> most of my shows? Um, they've been in the news a lot recently, buying 24,000 autonomous Volvos, yet despite the fact that they haven't ever turned a profit, I'm not sure where they're getting the money for these autonomous Volvos from. Volvos are not cheap cars, especially with autonomous tech built into them. Um, they've also been ordered to pay an $8.9 million fine for allowing felons and drivers convicted of traffic crimes to drive for them in Colorado. Uh, and worst of all, uh, they had a security breach that exposed 57 million users information um and they paid a ransom to the hackers to keep that breach quiet well nothing ever really stays quiet and now we're learning about this and it's just another reason why you should be ordering lifts instead of ubers if they're available where you are uh where you're trying to go uh which they weren't in um, Amsterdam, which was kind of disappointing. Uh, but I'm thankful for Uber because it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting with those guys. Uh, I'm thankful for Faraday Future, whose CFO resigned on October 14th, even though we only learned about it last week. Uh, I'm mostly thankful for them because it's just a reminder that, uh, my life isn't so bad and that I do make good decisions, unlike some companies. Um, I'm thankful for the culture of innovation that we've had, uh, not just uh, recently, but this year as a whole. Uh, I mean, we learned about Airbus. They want to try a try to test a flying car by the end of this year. I didn't even know they were making a flying car. Airbus, you know, they make the A380 and other massive commercial jets. So why why are they building a flying car? But you know what? Keep going, Airbus. Uh, Terrafugia, who was bought by uh, the Geely, the Chinese company that bought Volvo and Lotus. Um, they want to launch their flying car in 2019. So, you know, more power to them if they think they can get away with it. Uh, I'm thankful for the Leap LPS-01, uh, which is uh, not as catchily named as it should be for how good it looks. Uh, it's a car from Chinese company Leap. It's an electric sports car. And the reason this is significant and we should be thankful for it is that it's the first of its kind that we've seen from China. And while we don't really get any Chinese cars here, they do sell Chinese vehicles throughout Asia. And with the growing influence of China on the global car market, it's probably only a matter of time or perhaps a matter of politics uh, before they hit our shores. Um, I'm thankful for the innovation in airless tires. I mean. It seems like everybody's working on these, but a recent Toyota concept came with Sumitomo's latest airless tire, and uh, I don't understand why we, we haven't had any production-ready ones yet. 
I, I don't really know how long we have to wait. I know that speed is a, a concern and then heat matters, but I mean, it, I feel like we saw the first Goodyear airless tire like 20 years ago, and we're still seeing these concepts come out, but nothing solid yet. But you know, keep working on it, guys. I, I know you're gonna crack at some point. Um, and also in terms of innovation, Lexus recently debuted a new paint color called Structural Blue. And while a paint sound may not sound that interesting, this particular paint took them 15 years to develop. And it's inspired by the, the Morpho Butterfly, and the paint is 40 layers thick, 4-0, and only two cars can be completed in that color in a day. And is this excessive? Yes. Is it awesome? Yes. So, Toyota, keep doing what you're doing. Keep spending time developing awesome paint that looks like a butterfly wing. Uh, you know, it's this sort of ridiculous excess that is not going to solve the world's problems, but it's going to make it a neater place to live in because every time you see uh, a Lexus LC in that structural blue, you're going to be like, holy shit, there's one of those cars with that 15-year developed paint. Um, I'm thankful for police, and that may not be something you hear me say a whole lot, but uh, police are, they, they serve a, a lot of uh, different purposes for us. They can't do it all, I mean, which is why traffic fatalities are at their highest in 10 years, but there have been a number of recent stories where they've definitely earned our praise. Uh, I'm thankful for police for keeping us safe, uh, like from the crazy asshole in Vancouver who mounted a phone and an iPad on his steering wheel to be able to text and stream Netflix while in traffic. Um, I'm thankful for police for making Britain look, look worse than us uh, since speeding tickets issued in 2017 are the highest they've been in six years at least. Um, I'm thankful for police for capturing a wild leopard that managed to infiltrate the Suzuki plant in India and stayed there for two days, terrorizing workers and suspending production. Not that we get Suzuki's here anymore, but, you know, leopards in factories, they don't really mix too well. I'm thankful for police for teaching common sense and arresting a Wisconsin woman who, instead of tie-downs or rope, used her own nine-year-old son to hold a pool on top of her minivan. Uh, I'm also thankful for police for stopping a 10-year-old who led cops on a 100-mile-per-hour chase in Ohio while he was probably trying to flee the state of Ohio. Uh, I'm also thankful for police for making us laugh by giving a Florida woman a DUI for riding a horse while drunk. She probably had it coming. Uh, I'm thankful for Aston Martin because the same week that Hyundai announced that they are launching eight crossovers in the next couple of years, Aston Martin debuts the brand new Vantage. Uh, it's a 4-liter twin-turbo V8 that makes 503 horsepower, and it's just a really beautiful evolution of, of the old Vantage des Vantage's design, which I think was one of the best-looking cars around. Um, the new Vantage it looks very similar to the DB10 that we saw in James Bond Spectre, and uh, that was because they basically took the design that they had for the Vantage to uh, the film crew and said, hey, would you be interested in using a car like this in your movie? And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, well, we can't call it the Vantage because that's what it's actually going to be, so let's call it the DB10, and we'll just skip from DB9 to DB11. 
Yeah, sure, why not? Whatever. Um, but they started at 150000 so although I'm thankful for Aston Martin, I would be thankful for a discount. Um, I'm thankful for Lamborghini, because what other car company gives a car to the Pope, a guy who doesn't drive at all? I'm also thankful for Lamborghini's Turzo Millenio concept, uh, which is an electric, uh, uh, which is an electric supercar, a big step for the only remaining supercar company who does not currently offer a hybrid of some sort. Um, based on the looks and performance of the concept, I feel like we could really get used to these things. I'm thankful for Infinity. Uh, of course I am, because uh, they made a great car that I love driving. But they also uh, have recently unveiled the new QX80, which I think is probably the best looking new large SUV, which I, I realize is a lot of qualifiers, but it's a really sharp looking SUV. And I really like the design language that they're putting in their new cars. And I really hope the new uh, QX50 that's coming out uh, will echo that. I'm also thankful for their new turbo variable compression engine. Uh, because it's advancing internal combustion technology uh, in an age where everyone else is obsessed with impractical EVs that don't have an infrastructure to support them. So this, this and, and Mazda's uh, Skyactiv G technology are really what we need, or Skyactiv X, I guess, uh, to, to bridge the gap between where we are now and where EVs can be when we have the infrastructure installed. I'm also thankful for Ford uh, for having a robot specifically designed to test seats and having the good sense to call it Robot. Well done, Ford. Now, for this week's call to action, uh, it's going to be pretty obvious. Uh, I'm thankful for a lot. I'm thankful for you listeners. I'm thankful for uh, my cars, my family, uh, my ability to do this every week when, when I'm able to do it every week. Um, and, and for the ability to uh, have a venue where I can embrace my love of cars and continue to per pursue the knowledge that is a sort of cathartic release uh, after stressful days of my normal job and my, and my other client work. Um, so I think for this week's call to action, I just want you to take a second and reflect on uh, everything that you're thankful for in your life because I don't think we do it enough. And, you know, even though there's one day a year that we put aside for thankfulness, we ought to do it more often. So maybe you'll see this call to action pop up again in the spring. But for today, uh, just think about everything you're thankful for because I'm thankful for an awful lot, and you're one of them. So for your moment of zen, I will fade out this Christmas music because you will probably hear a lot of it over the next four weeks. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you here again next week.